Hello again, beautiful beings of light. Thank you so much for being here, and welcome back to another episode of Expand with yours truly, Elizabeth April. Today, I want to talk about something that I find really interesting, something that I had no idea even existed, and something that It's kind of like when I found out about the placebo effect for the first time. It really blows my mind, and it also kind of angers me that we haven't actually been looking into this or studying it or research. Like, same thing with the placebo effect. Like, why is this not the biggest news to hit humanity? And of course, it's not, because we're living in a controlled matrix illusionary reality. So I want to talk about tulpas. You heard that right. (laughs) T-U-L-P-A. I mean, have you heard of a tulpa before? Do you know what a tulpa is? I mean, as far as my whole life and all of the exploration that I've done, never heard of it. Now, that being said, it is not far from my own beliefs and understandings, and it is really just a label for something that I think that we've all experienced before. But after this episode, after you really hear what this concept is, you will for sure change the way you think about things. So strap in tight and make sure your mind is open because we are about to dive into tulpas. The actual definition of a tulpa is, tulpa is a concept in theosophy, mysticism, and the paranormal of a being or object which is created through spiritual or mental powers. Modern practitioners use the term to refer to a type of willed imagined being which practitioners consider to be sentient and relatively independent. So, essentially a tulpa is a being or entity that someone could create with their mind, but it's not far off from what I believe. And what I believe is that whatever you focus on, whatever you intend, you create. Now, most of the time we focus on our intentional creation, mostly around the material physical world. But here we have your focus and creation on the non-physical world. So it's essentially like creating a spirit guide. And I I think, once again, this really blows a lot of other concepts out of the water. And there have been studies done. There have been people who have experimented on this. Now, there's a couple of stories that I came across when looking into this a little bit further. And I'll just kind of loosely tell these stories So if you're interested in this, please do your own research on tulpas, and I'm sure you'll find a lot more than what I'm going to mention, but I thought these ones in particular were interesting. So one of the stories was of this man, and I'm pretty sure he was American, and he found out about this tulpa creation. And I wouldn't be surprised that he was maybe one of these practitioners, maybe in a past life, and he started to focus on creating a dinosaur, like a little, like a cute little dinosaur, almost like an animated dinosaur character. In his mind, he specifically knew what it looked like. He would meditate on it. He would focus on it every day. And then one day he, I don't know, he was just coming home from work or something. 
And one of the people in his house, I think it was like his daughter who was a teenager, came into the house and ended up seeing this purple dinosaur floating around the house. And she got really freaked out and she told her dad and her dad's like, oh, don't worry about that. I created it. Right. And uh, and that was his external validation of proof that indeed he was creating something from his mind. So in a lot of these Tulpa cases, which what's really interesting is other people can experience and see the Tulpas, which is really quite insane and cool to think about. So typically, topas are created for a reason or a purpose. You know, someone wants better energy in their life or more abundance or what have you, right? I mean, why create anything without intention? So now there's another story that I came across of a woman who, same thing, like I don't think that she was kind of from the culture. She was she was more kind of Western And she was practicing this and she decided that she wanted to create a a Buddha, like a really kind of fat, happy, jolly-go-lucky sort of Buddha to help her with her meditation and her spiritual practice. So she brings in this Buddha. She starts seeing it everywhere. Um, She would walk around. I think she went to like some sort of like like a temple, meditation temple or something like that. And other people would see this Buddha and they would all say hi to the Buddha. And, you know, it was this being that she had created that would follow her around and people knew about it. So this went on for quite some time. This went on for about six months that she had this Buddha. Slowly but surely, the Buddha would break away from her control. All right. And it started to wreak havoc on her own life and on the lives of other people who were at this temple or this meditation ashram or what have you. And basically, yeah, she wasn't able to control it. And so she had to shut it down. But it took her about two years to get rid of this entity, to get get rid of this thing that had now kind of turned on her and was wreaking havoc. So six months of kind of having it be a fun game and, you know, having control of it. And that's why they say that you have to be studied, you have to be trained in this art of tulpa creation, I guess. And it, and it takes really the most powerful of beings to work with this energy. And for people to just understand this concept and say, I'm going to do it. Please, if you're listening to this, don't do it because we're going to get into some, mm, let's call them theories because I haven't channeled it. I don't know. I'm just going to kind of chat about it rather than channel it. I just want to talk about certain things that have come up in my mind. Are these people pulling upon an entity that already exists and bringing it into this realm? Or are they actually creating the entity itself? It's kind of like the chicken or the egg. And I truly believe that anything we could ever possibly imagine does indeed exist out there in the universe. If you could imagine a grasshopper being, you know, a humanoid grasshopper, it exists. If you could imagine a talking crystal, it exists. Like whatever you, it's, it's a, it's a universe of infinite possibilities. So are we really just imagining something and pulling the real thing into this realm and reality by focusing on it? And from these stories that I kind of went into and read about, 
basically the majority of the tulpas that are created were created and then ended up gaining access to independence and basically ended up turning on their creator or the person who brought it through. The only other reference that I have to tulpas or something similar is what I've seen reptilians, archons, dracos, but also other like beings, like darker, lower vibrational beings in the universe. What I've seen them do visually before is they take this energy and it's really dark energy. It's like almost like pure darkness, pure separation from source. It's like the blackness of this energy is so black. It's so dark, like a black hole, that it's so void of light. We can say that. All right. And they are able to take this dark energy. And I I refer to it as tar. That's what it looks like. The sticky, gooey, just dark energy, this tar. And what I've seen them do is take this tar and mold it into little entities, little beings, also parasites. And they basically send this entity or this being or this parasite and they send it into, you know, planet Earth or they attach it to a, a particular person to target them. And so they have the ability to create these things. This is exactly what reminds me of the Tulpas. Are you struggling to quiet your mind and bring awareness to your reality? Well, now is the time to get woke with my amazing, energetic, physical, spiritual, mind-altering 30-day boot camp. Join the Get Woke Boot Camp today and shift your frequency tomorrow. Check out the 30-day Get Woke Boot Camp today on my website, elizabethapril.com. So that's fascinating. And the fact that many of these beings, entities, spirit guides, whatever you want to call them, have kind of separated and turned on their creator is a really interesting fact. So what kind of comes to my mind, just if I talk about this concept, it is very, very possible for people to work with this energy, not being practiced, not being experienced, having no clue how to separate, remove, you know, dissipate the creation that they brought to life. And it is very, very possible that just like the Ouija board, entities are finding a way into existence or finding a way into someone else's life by utilizing people who are focused on creating tulpas. Very interesting. And that's exactly what they do with the Ouija board. The Ouija board is just, you know, worked with, you know, by people or kids or whoever as a game, which is crazy in my mind. And these entities, these mostly dark forces, find a way into this reality so that they have more control through these gateways, through the Ouija board, through your intention. So could it possibly be that the things that are created or manifested are actually just dark forces, dark entities that uh, shapeshift themselves into whatever form you want them to be and play that kind of game with you until they decide, all right, it's time to fuck shit up, you know? 
And I think that's totally possible, especially to people who are not practiced or who are not creating things in the highest vibration. Like imagine if you're like, all right, cool, I'm going to create a tulpa to bend to my every need and will. You know, that's not a good energy. You're creating an energetic slave. Like, I, I, I just, I don't know where people's mindsets are, you know, if they're, they're just curious. But that's also a very ignorant state to be, to just be curious that let's just create an entity. A very interesting modern day example of a tulpa, potentially a tulpa, which I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm questioning it still, obviously, is Slenderman. So for those of you who don't know who Slenderman is or what it is, I should say, it is a, a fake story uh, that was created online, I think through YouTube. So someone, I don't know who, created this mythical tale and they posed it as the truth. And they basically created this character called Slenderman. And basically, this is a very, very tall, very skinny man, I guess. I don't know what the face would look like. And it has like a suit on, like some black suit. And I guess the Slender Man follows children or whatever, right? I was just creepy. And the category online is called creepy pasta. And I'm not into any of that stuff. I don't like thriller, horror. I do like psychological thrillers. Like I like twisted, you know, oh my God, like that kind of stuff at the end of a movie. Love that. I really hate the blood and guts and the gore. I just can't. And and you know what? If you like that stuff, it's that's totally fine. Like you can really, I watch freaking true crime, you know, serial killer murderers all the time and I'm in a high vibration. So don't worry about, you know, thinking that you really like that stuff. But there's a whole section of the internet that is obsessed with creepypasta stuff, that is obsessed with Slenderman. Now think about it. Slenderman blew up. Like it got so popular. And, you know, there's all these kids. I mean, there's, I don't know how many, but probably millions, if not hundreds of thousands of people who maybe they don't believe it and that's totally fine but maybe they just focus on it they watch all the slenderman stuff you know they love getting spooked out by you know this concept okay so what does hundreds of thousands if not millions of people's focus and intention do don't you think it would bring that concept that theory that very specific visual to life like Once again, did the writer pull upon this already set in stone narrative of Slenderman or did they create something? And I wouldn't be surprised based on the understanding of Tulpas that Slenderman is a real entity wandering out there and whoever gives it focus, it it gets drawn to, which is a lot of people. It's a lot of people. So the other kind of side of this, and I know that I mentioned, oh my goodness, what if it's just, you know, you opening a a gateway and a doorway to entities taking advantage of you and, you know, presenting things as they are and all the kids who have imaginary friends. I had a ton of them, but I also think a lot of them were my interdimensional guides. So really fascinating stuff, just really, really interesting. But if we think about this being a dualistic, polarizing reality, 
There is light and dark. We can't just say that one concept like topas is all dark all the time, even though, you know, to the untrained practitioner, it can turn bad really quickly. I believe that understanding that dualism, that we can utilize this kind of concept for good. Like, for example, during battles in the ethers and the astral realms, I bet you anything it's possible for me to create and materialize, and I feel like I've already done this, angels and spirit guides and light warriors to help me battle the dark forces. Like, I feel like I've done that before, is actually bring in the purest vibrational light frequency. And once again, who knows if we're actually bringing that into existence or, you know, if we're pulling on something that has already existed. I want to say that the next time you feel maybe psychically attacked or you feel overwhelmed, you know, maybe bring in an angel, an angelic uh, being. You have to be in the right vibration. So I know at the beginning I said, don't do this. And maybe, you know, use your discernment as always. But I really do believe that we can utilize this practice for good. And if anything, this information should allow you to be aware of the fact that this is possible. This is absolutely a concept. It has been validated by many other people practicing this before. So definitely, if you do not feel powerful enough or in that full unconditional love frequency, then don't work with this at all. But just know that you are powerful enough to actually either call in or create entire beings in and of themselves. So that's pretty cool just to even think about. So hopefully this expanded your mind a little bit and uh, and helped you realize how, you know, big this world is, this non-physical world. So thank you, as always, for being here, for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe to the, you know, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're listening to this. Be sure to follow the podcast. Review the podcast if you do enjoy it. That really does help me out. And uh, be sure to check out YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. I mean, I'm all over, you know, the internet and there's so much information to share. And I'm really happy because we are in this journey together. And we are here for unity consciousness. It's a very exciting time to be alive and, of course, a little bit scary as well. Sending you all so, so much love. As always, I will see all of you in the fifth dimension frequency. Bye.